happy sabbath and a very warm welcome to you wherever you are dear listener we are back yet again this is adventist world radio the voice of hope with the new life program coming live from the heart of nairobi we have a great show lined up for you thanks for joining us i am your host monica kamukwa we are more than glad to have you on board on the show today the bible in living sound returns with the bible story Thereafter, Sister Becky Arunga will join us during the Bible segment with the topic, The Blessed Hope. But before we do that, Faith for Today Quartet comes to us with the song, Jesus, Joy of Man's Desiring. Stay tuned. Back, dear listener, don't forget, you're listening to the new live program coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. It is now time for a Bible story by the Bible in Living Sound. Stay tuned and be on the know. It's been an eventful day in Jerusalem. Very unusual. 
and eventful. I'll be glad to get home. Mm, so will I, except for one thing. I would like to know the truth about many of the things we have heard. We've heard so many things. Well, there are many things I would like to know. Mainly, though, is... Is Jesus the Messiah, or isn't he? I used to think he was. Now I'm just a little doubtful. What is he, then? Or what was he? Messiah, or a great teacher and prophet? He must have been a prophet. Had he been the Messiah, he could not have died. The Son of God surely couldn't die. And we know of a surety that he did die on the cross. We saw him. Is he still dead, though? Several people claim they have seen him, actually seen him, alive, today. And several people claim to have seen him, yes. But who? Reliable people? Has it not been mostly women who claim to have seen him? And you know how excitable and unreliable women can get at times. It is the truths of these things that I would like to know. Now, there's one way to obtain truth. First, pray, then study and meditate, and the truth will emerge. Some truths are self-evident, such as the truth of the religious leaders of Israel unjustly crucifying Jesus. Well, he was a wonderful prophet and friend. I loved him. To know him was to love him. They spat upon him, cursed him, beat him, drove nails through his hands and feet, fed him vinegar. They did every evil thing to him they could think of. But what did he do? Nothing. Nothing but accept it like a majestic king, never once wanting revenge. Rather, he prayed for their forgiveness. Greetings, stranger. Join us if you're going our way. Peace to you both. <laughs> Thank you. Did not John see Jesus alive? No, oh, I think not. He looked inside the empty tomb and saw the grave clothes of Jesus, neatly folded and placed upon the sepulchre, and believed. John has always been like that. He followed the master around, intently listening to his every word, he treasured the master's words as expensive gems. What manner of conversation is this? Why are ye so sad? You must be a stranger in Jerusalem. Or you would know the things which have come to pass there during the last few days. You see, stranger, we are disciples of a man called Jesus. For a time we believed that he was the Messiah, the Son of God. But he was a prophet... A prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. The chief priest and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. And we had so much hoped and believed that he was the redeemer of Israel. And this, this is the third day since all these things took place. How slow of heart ye are to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Have they not written that Christ should suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Who is this stranger that he should speak so tenderly and earnestly? They are just the words Jesus would have spoken were he here. Does not the scripture have this to prophesy about the Messiah? The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. That is exactly what happened. 
Scripture foretells that. David, by inspiration, wrote that. And this. They part my garments and cast lots upon my vesture. I saw the soldiers casting lots for the master's cloak at the very foot of the cross. Isaiah wrote these words about the Messiah. He hid not his face from shame and spitting. I remember reading that. And it does prophesy of just what happened to Jesus. Maybe he was the Messiah. Isaiah had many things to say about the promised Messiah. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Wounded and bruised. For the Master certainly... And the stranger expounds in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, yet he opened not his mouth. And he made his grave with the wicked. The two thieves. And with the rich in his death. In Joseph's tomb... Joseph of Arimathea is a rich man. But thou, Bethlehem, out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. They shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn, as one mourneth for his only son. I am amazed, stranger. I have read these very scriptures from which you quote, and never before did I see that they refer to Jesus. But they certainly do. Here is scripture that I remember reading not too long ago. One shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thine hands? Then he shall answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends... Jesus was wounded and crucified by his friends, those who were leaders in the temple. As they draw nigh unto the village, Jesus makes as though he would go further. Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he goes in to tarry with them. The simple evening meal of bread is soon prepared. It is placed before the guest who has taken his seat at the head of the table. Now he puts forth his hands to bless the food. The two start back in astonishment. The stranger spreads forth his hands in exactly the same manner as their master used to do. They look again, and lo, prints of nails in his hands. It is the Lord Jesus. He is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen. For those of you who are just joining us, this is the New Life Program with me, Monica Kamokwa, your host, coming to you live from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. It is always a pleasure to have you with us. You haven't missed a lot. If you wish to drop comments, suggestions, or questions, do so through the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us at awrnairobi at eku.adventist.org. 
Now that that is off the way, here is a song, Perfect Love, by Faith for Today Quartet. Don't change the channel. Oh, perfect love, all human thought transcending, lonely we kneel in prayer before thy throne, that may be. Listener, thank you for choosing our station. We are because you are. Right about now, join me as I welcome Sister Becky for the Bible segment. She'll be discussing about the blessed hope. Be blessed. I am amazed at the goodness of the Lord that has enabled us to come thus far in His divine presence. He alone has made us to know that which He desires of us and requires of us to do in these last days. Many other things are happening around us, but one thing stands for sure is that the faithfulness of the Lord abounds. And the Lord does not retract His statements. Whatsoever He says, He shall do it. And His word is from everlasting to everlasting. Upon the themes of the second coming of Christ, I desire to meditate. I know not what you desire to meditate upon, or whether you know that surely this world will soon come to a close, or whether you know the fact that the things of this world will dim and lose their value when we all get to heaven. And I desire that we may ask ourselves, How shall it be when Jesus Christ comes back? How shall the glorious day be when we all see our Lord Jesus Christ? I am your sister in Christ, Becky Arunga. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord God, for your kindness, for your care, and for your protection upon our lives. Thank you for affording us this chance to meditate upon the sacred pages of Scripture. Now, dear Lord, I pray in a special way that may you manifest yourself and show yourself strong in our lives. This is my prayer, believing and trusting in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Um, we are studying the book of First Thessalonians, and the chapter is four, and verse thirteen. I know sometimes because of the various struggles we may go through, we lack comfort. We we lack the joy of this world. Anxiety may take charge, and we lose the things that we desire to have on a day-to-day basis. But I want us to derive a comfort in something that is not tangible. I want us to look at a higher perspective as to what God has in store for us. And the comfort that I want us to draw is a comfort that Christ himself gave to his disciples. Before we read the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, reading from verse 13, allow me to just take it up from John chapter 14, looking at the basis of our comfort, chiefly based on the promise of Jesus Christ to his disciples. As Christ was nearing the closing scenes of his ministry, he knew that the hearts of his disciples were troubled. They were not ready for the event that was they were going to face. They were not prepared for that which was in store for them. But we find that John chapter 14 verse 1 records, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now Jesus is trying to say that there is a need for us not to be troubled, for we believe in God. Why so? Because in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Essentially, Christ is trying to give the disciples an antidote for anxiety, which is that... And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you. So the comfort that the disciples can receive is this one, that there is comfort in knowing that Christ who went will come again and take us to the place that he has gone to prepare for us. But how shall he come? That is the question. I will seek to answer in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. This is what um, Paul writes. But I do not want you to be ignorant, uh, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. You know, there is a juxtaposition between these words. Christ is saying, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. For I go to prepare for you a place. So there is a hope that the dead shall rise. And if Christ rose, surely we who believe in him shall rise again. And this is what Paul is addressing. It says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep, in Jesus, that if Christ died and rose, it is possible that those who die in Christ will also get a chance to rise up. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout to the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. What are we trying to bring out here? Essentially, 
Paul is trying to bring to view some two concepts that we need to understand. One, the first thing is that at the coming of Jesus, the dead in Christ shall rise. But those who are alive will not precede them, just to show that they will hear the trumpet sound rise up, and we who are alive will be caught up in the air together with our Lord. It is sad that some of us believe in the living dead, just to show that someone dies yet they are alive. But when someone dies, it is referred to as asleep, so that when Christ comes, he shall awake them from their slumber, those who die in the Lord. Secondly, Paul is addressing the fact that the coming of the Lord is a glorious event. It is preceded by the voice of trumpets, by the voice of archangels, by a shout like no other. And so essentially what we find here is that Paul is trying to tell us that all nation, all creation shall be able to behold the coming of the Lord in the clouds. All shall be able to see that this is our Lord whom we have been waiting for and is here to save us. And so the Lord coming as king will not come as someone who desires to be there secretly, but he is coming as one who is victorious. Now, the fact of Christ coming as a thief, that is addressed in the concept that his coming is not known by any of us, but essentially his coming is taking place at a time that we do not expect. But to the believer... The coming of Christ should not catch us unawares. Why? Because Jesus has made provision by letting us know of the signs that shall precede his coming. And the one thing that stands out for me is this. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. What a joy it is that thenceforth from the coming of Christ, if we who are Russians are able to be part of the first resurrection, we shall be with the Lord forever. And that is the source of our comfort. I don't know exactly what has been giving you anxieties. I don't know whether your sin is giving you anxiety as to whether you will make it in heaven or not. But this one thing I know. The Lord himself shall come. The Lord himself is mighty to save. Christ Jesus, our Lord, delights. He takes delight when we repent and forsake our evil ways. Why? Because Christ accepts us just as we are. And his grace that he gives us is the teacher that teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. That Christ takes us just as we are and gives us the joy of full salvation that comes in obedience. Because by obeying him, we behold him and we become more and more like him. Beloved, I entreat you this day. If you have been harboring contrary thoughts or ideas or convictions as the coming of the Lord, know this one thing. His coming is literal. His coming is glorious. And if perchance you have lost a loved one, do not lose hope. If your loved one died in the Lord, and if you remain faithful in the Lord, at the end of the age as Christ is coming back, the dead 
and Christ shall rise first. And we who are alive shall be caught up with them in the air. What a day that will be. How I desire to meet you there. How I desire to see you when we shall behold the blessed hope. I pray that the Lord may keep you faithful and trusting and keep you from falling as he has promised until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Thank you, everlasting Father, for the blessed hope, for the assurance of full salvation. Keep us faithful. Keep us trusting. Keep us serving. And keep us from falling. For we wait upon you. We delight in your presence. And we desire to see you face to face. Thank you for every good and every perfect gift, my Lord. And I pray that may your presence ever uncover us and encompass us with a favor as a shield. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, thank you for being with us. I pray that may the Lord bless you and keep you safe. Till we meet again, be blessed. Thank you, dear listener, for staying tuned throughout the show. I hope you blessed just like I was. Your feedback is important to us. Don't forget to send us your views, comments, or questions about the show through the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Email us at awrnairobi at eku.adventist.org. Until next time, I have been your host, Monica Kamokwa. Have a happy Sabbath. <music>